Well, good morning, saints of God. Good morning. Welcome once again to another Sunday morning right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. I'm excited that you decided to join us today, and we're going to have a great time in the Word of God. I'm expecting miracles, signs, and wonders to accompany or to follow the preaching of the Word. So we're going to have just a wonderful time, and I'm excited that you're here. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, for the last few weeks entitled Rise of the Sons of God. This uh, today is part number three in that series. If you've missed part one and two, make sure you go back into the archives and uh, make sure you view view those and really get into them. I believe it's going to richly bless you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and then dive right into the word of God. Heavenly Father, we do... Uh, We do seek your presence. And Father, I ask you that you would lead us into all truth, that you would show us things to come. Father, we pray that your spirit would aid and assist us. Holy Spirit, we ask you in the name of Jesus to teach us, to lead us into all truth. Show us things to come. We declare that you are the great teacher. And we ask you to lead us and just give us revelation and prepare our hearts and Lord, we, I, I ask that you would prepare me, even that you would use me to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ all around the world. And Lord, we declare that we cannot do it without you. So Father, we step in faith right now and we declare, have your way. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Awesome. All right. Well, as you know, our series comes with a confession. Now, this is what the Lord has given me to give you. Uh, let, me, let me start right there just for a moment. I was with a friend of mine yesterday, and he asked me, hey, when you talk about series, is this something that you found on the internet or something or out of some book? I say, no. Um, when the Lord tells me to camp out in a certain place, it's like a waterfall that just flows. And, it's, and as long as the water is coming down, that's when we are in that series. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're going to stay here under the waterfall. We got our buckets. We got our pitchers, our containers, and we're going to receive what the Spirit is saying. Amen. All right. So when I talk about series, that's what I'm talking about. There's a waterfall over there, and we've got to catch, catch the anointing that is flowing. Amen. All right. All right, so let's go to our confessions and and, uh, say this with me loudly, enthusiastically, boldly, but of course we're going to say it slowly. Here we go. I am a born-again believer. I choose to be a disciple, a devoted follower of Christ. Therefore, I live in his power and authority. I choose to walk in, with, and through the Holy Spirit to manifest Father's purposes and plans in the, in the earth. I am covered by the blood of Jesus, surrounded by holy angels, and the atmosphere of heaven fills every space I occupy. I am a son of God. Praise God, praise God. Thank you so much for uh, saying that with me. You did a great job as usual. Well, we've been giving a definition to what it means to be a son of God, and we're going to go right back into a definition uh, right now. It says, the son of God or the sons of God are those who have accepted the power, right, privilege to become like Christ. They are led by the Holy Spirit and are matured believers who walk in the fullness of Christ. 
This is, again, I want to tell you, this is a title. Son of God is a title. It does not denote gender. It's a title. And uh, a son of God uh, is a title that also distinguishes the matured believers from immature believers. Amen and amen. Now let's go ahead and let's roll right through it and let's go into Romans, the eighth chapter. I want to read to you, I want to read to you verses 12 and 14. And today, uh, rather 12 through 14, and today we really want to look at the Spirit's involvement or His role in making you a son of God, in preparing you as a son of God, as a matured believer. All right? So we're going to look at that today. All right, so again, Romans 8, verse 12 through 14 says this, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Let me stop right there. He says, we are not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. That is, you don't owe your flesh. When, you're, when these fleshly appetites, these carnal appetites come up, when you desire to do something wrong, you don't owe it to your flesh or to your, uh, to your fallen nature, so to speak, to do it. Just because you have that desire does not mean that you have to fulfill it. I've had debts many years ago, thank Jesus, hallelujah, when I didn't have the money to pay it, and the creditors would call me on the phone. Oh boy, they were relentless at times, and I would explain to them, I don't have it now, but you know what, I'll get it to you. And eventually, of course, we did, and the account was settled. But as long as I owed them, when they called, I had to respond. When I got a letter in the mail, I had to respond. I owed them. And because I owed them that debt, I had to deal with it. But God says, you are not a debtor to the flesh. Your flesh would say, hey, you know what? I want to say this thing and it's wrong. I want to gossip or, or I want to go to this nasty website. I, I want to do this terrible thing over here. I want to indulge in this and indulge in that. God said, you're not a debtor to the flesh. You don't have to pay that. Hallelujah. That debt has been paid by Jesus Christ upon the cross. He freed you from that debt. Glory to God. And you don't have to follow the dictates of your flesh. Whether you feel like uh, hating on someone or hating them or, or walking in unforgiveness, you don't have to obey those carnal desires, those sinful desires. You don't owe it. Hallelujah. You don't owe that. And part of being a son of God is realizing that and being mature and being led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Can you say that with me? I don't owe you. Hallelujah. I don't owe you. I don't have to do that. And I say no. Hallelujah. Let's go back into it. Uh, verse 13 says, for if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we, if ye through the spirit do mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Glory to God. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to kill, to crucify those evil desires within us. Someone said, you know, well, I, I, I really used to uh, like drinking. I really used to, uh, I, I, I like going out and do this, this and that and the other, whatever the thing is. But you know what? As I've grown older in the Lord, I don't want to do those things anymore. 
Well, it, it was the Holy Spirit putting to death those evil desires of the flesh. Hallelujah. It's him that does that. We really need to give him credit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, so much. Now, look at verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See the difference? You can be led by your flesh or you can be led by the Spirit. But we have to choose. There's a choice. We have to opt, opt into this. We have to choose to be led of the Spirit and not by the flesh. Being led of the, being led of the flesh does involve, of course, sin and temptation. But it also talks about being led by sensory knowledge and by man's wisdom and understanding. Being led by what you can see, taste, smell, or what seems to be right in the culture. All these things can lead you in the wrong direction. What seems good or feels good, these things can be fleshly. Think about Adam and Eve in the very beginning. It seemed right to them uh, to eat of the forbidden fruit. It, they, it seemed right, what the devil was saying to them seemed to be right, so they partook of it, and that was all flesh. They weren't following God. They weren't following the spirit. They decided to go another way. So you and I have a choice. We can be matured believers and keep our flesh under subjection by the spirit, declaring, Holy Spirit, I will listen to your voice. I will enjoy your voice. I will be led by you in my decision making today. Or you can say, I will follow after my flesh and I will have my vengeance. I will say what needs to be said. I will do what needs to be done. And I, you know, you, you're following after those carnal things and it always ends up bad. But if you're going to be a mature believer, we're going to have to decide, Holy Spirit, I will follow after you. Hallelujah. And that's a matured believer. And the Holy Spirit is really working with them. But as let me say this again, as we said before, there is a deeper matter. There's a deeper matter of of uh, following flesh or or following spirit. There's a deeper matter. There's a deeper matter there. And it regards worship. Remember, the father seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And if your worship does not involve the Holy Spirit, it is fleshly. It can be considered a religious act. You've heard uh, someone maybe in church or somewhere and, and uh, they, this person was singing and it sounded good, but it was missing something, missing something. Or maybe someone was preaching and it sounded good, but it was missing something. You know, it had a form and we're going to see this. It, it had a form, but there was no breath in it, no life in it. Your spiritual tongue should be searching in every message and anything that says it is God, anything that is related to Christ, your spiritual tongue, if you will, should be searching for the anointing, searching for the presence of God. Is there life here? Is there life here? Now, please don't, uh, I want to say, please don't confuse emotion with a move of the spirit, because you can get all hyped up. Oh, this is great. And there's lights and there's smoke and there's activity and there's music and people can get all swept away being emotional and there can still be no spirit in it. 
I've seen people in, in concerts and they weren't talking about Jesus at all. And I've seen ladies, you know, they rip off parts of their undergarment and throw it. They're really, and people do these body dives over the crowd. They're really into it. But the spirit is not there. It's all fleshly, all feeling good to the flesh. It makes me feel so good. Or maybe people drinking, oh, this alcohol makes me feel so good. It's fleshly. There's no spirit in it. And here's a word from the Lord. You're going to have to discern what is of God and what is not of God. What is of the flesh, which will lead to death, or what is of the spirit, which will lead to life and peace. In this move of God that's happening right now in our generation, right now in our time, we're going to have to be led of the spirit and not led by what seems to be right or what society is doing. You're going to have to have that inner witness of the Holy Spirit and be led directly by him. That's going to have to be your prayer. Holy Spirit, I want to be led by you and I open myself. I yield myself to be led by you in, my, in all my decision, all my decision makings today all my decisions. Lord, you just have your way in me. I acknowledge your presence. Amen. So as you acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit, he will definitely lead you into all truth and show you things to come. Now, the results of having fleshly worship or living a fleshly life, as we talk about, um, as we talk about serving God, if you're service to him or your worship to him is fleshly, then you'll end up in two type of cases. One, you could become spiritually proud and arrogant. You can begin to look down on people who don't do it like you do. You say, well, I pray all the time. I fast and I give tithes of all. You know, you can become spiritually proud and, and haughty. See, that's the result of of worship that has no spirit because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. So if you have a, a proud look and, and a haughty exterior toward others, that's fleshly. There's no spirit involved in that. Let me tell you that now. Or by the same token, you, uh, if, your, if your worship to the Lord does not have the spirit in, does not have life in it, it can also leave you feeling disenfranchised, uh, that is disconnected or deprived of true intimacy with God. And when that happens, you'll find that individual feeling uh, weak. You're going to find them feeling guilty and they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of shame there. There's going to be a lot of doubt. There's going to be a lot of unbelief. Now, both of these, where the person feels haughty, mm, God will bless me because I've done this. Yes, and you need to do what I do. Yes, I pray all the time. I do this and all that. That person and the person that says, oh, God, I don't know if you hear my prayers. I didn't study well enough. I didn't pray well enough. I, I just didn't do it. I don't know if you like me anymore. Both of those look at the person and it does not look at Jesus. Both of those consider what they have done or haven't done and that they do not, that mindset does not focus on Christ considering what he has done for them. So if your worship is turned inward, 
turn inward in that, yay, you've done it and you're good. Or in that I haven't done it and I'm bad. Both of those are turned inward and it is not facing God. So if your worship is turned inward, it's dead. It's dead. It's polluted. It's polluted. Life is only found in the spirit. I hope you got that. Life is only found in the spirit. And this is what the father is communicating to you right now. So once again, if you feel haughty around other people, that's devoid of the spirit. If you're feeling bad, bad about these things, that's also devoid of the spirit. Your worship should point to Christ. Hallelujah. And you'll find the spirit all in that. Hallelujah. It is the Holy Spirit that leads you to Jesus. Hallelujah. And he leads you into great exploits by the father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So Jesus actually spoke to both of these groups, that spiritually haunted group. And he also spoke to the disenfranchised. Let's look at a few. Let's look at Matthew 15, verse 17, verse 7, rather, through 9. Matthew 15, verse 7 through 9. And it says, ye hypocrites, well did Elias, or, e, or uh, Isaiah, rather, well did Isaiah, or Isaiah, prophesy of you, saying, these people draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me. Do you see that? But in vain they do worship me, because their worship did not involve their heart. In vain they do, they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Do you see that? Hallelujah. And uh, we're living in a time now that people want a bloodless salvation, a, a salvation that does not have covenant. That was the issue of Judas. You notice in, in the Last Supper that when the Lord began to talk about, and, and really in John, let's say it this way, in John, the sixth chapter, verse 66, John 666, you'll find that many of the Lord's disciples walked away from him and they didn't follow him again. Why? Because he began to talk about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. That talks about, con that talks about uh, uh, communion, a deep intimacy with God, communion. And they weren't willing to do that. They wanted the benefits of being around him, but they didn't want deeper levels of intimacy and commitment. They wanted their will still in place, but not his will to be accomplished. So again, one can be religious and the other seeks after God. You have to determine which one that you're going to be. Now, listen to how Paul addresses this as well in 2 Timothy, the third chapter. I'll read verses 1 through 7. It says this, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7. It says, this, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And boy, we are there. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, uh, bolsterers, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, uh, parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, incontinent fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, 
Look at verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Verse 6. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women. And women always most all the times in scripture talks about the church and lead captive silly women or silly church members laden with sin led away with diverse lust. Notice that they are led away with diverse lust or different types of lust of lust. They're not led by the spirit. They are led by the flesh. Verse seven, ever learning these people ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So this talks about the end time church. It really does. Those who are <clears throat> say that they are, that they identify with Christ. It's not talking about those in the world because the world is not, or the ungodly. They're not trying to have a form of God. They're not trying to have a religious exterior. No, it's talking about those who say, I know Jesus and I am in league with Jesus, but yet and still they're heading, they're high minded. They love pleasure more than they love God. They have a form that is when you see them, they look prim. They may pray long prayers, do all these external things, but there's nothing inside. There's no wind, no breath, no spirit of God there. Are you hearing? I want you to see the differences here. I want you to see the differences. Now, Jesus, again, also talks to the uh, disenfranchised, those who have been deprived of an intimate relationship with him due to uh, the religious demands of people. So he talks to them, and this is what he says to that group in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. The Lord says here, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens, my burden is light. So Jesus tells us, if you're feeling constrained and worried and frustrated and aggravated in your work and your uh, relationship with him, if you feel like you, get, you just can't pray like others pray, you just can't do it right, if you feel like that, Jesus says, come to me. Notice that he said, come to me, all you who are, who are laboring and you're so heavy with these burdens and cares on your life. You know, have you ever been in a relationship with someone and it seemed like they, they really loved you, but they were working really hard to find your favor, working really hard. They wanted to buy you this and, and do that and do that. Have you ever had a relationship like that? When that person was just rich, I mean, just really all under you, just trying to prove to you. That, and it really made you want them to go away. You know, Jesus said, come to me. You don't have to do all of that to find my favor. You already have this favor. The father has already shown you favor through the death, burial and resurrection of his son. So Jesus says, come to me. Now the Lord says, come to me. And listen, they were in the shape because they were trying to come to him because they were trying to worship him, but they were worshiping him 
with dead religious works, trying to serve him through means of flesh and not through spirit. So the Lord says, come to me, come to me, come to me, relax and be at peace, relax and be at rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Now, let me show, show you as well how Jesus fights against those uh, religious leaders. False, he fights against those that put his people under bondage. Let me show you this. I love these examples here. In Matthew 23, verses 13, uh, 14, 15. And the Lord says here, this is Matthew 23, verse 13 through 15. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye yourselves go in, rather, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. <laughs> Do you see that? They don't want a relationship with God, an intimate walk with God. They really just want the, the praises of men. But those that are trying to enter into the presence of the Lord, they stop it. They stop them. They don't go in themselves and they don't suffer other people to go in. They don't do it. There's something wrong here. Listen, verse 14. He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you shall have the, you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye come past sea and land to make one proselyte, that is to make one disciple, one convert. And when ye, and rather, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. My God, that's bad. Jesus is really tearing into them. Now look on down to verse number 25 through 28. The Lord says here, woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Now notice he continues to say hypocrites, hypocrites. Hypocrite uh, comes from the Greek word hypocritos, which means actor which means you have a form of it. You appear to be this, but you're really not that. You know, I've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. I'll be back. He's playing a robot, but he's really not a robot. At least I don't think he is. No, he's really not that robot. He's playing that role trying to convince others. There are many others playing a role trying to convince others, but they're really not that. That's what the Lord is saying here. That's a dangerous thing. If your worship before him is, it, if it's in pretense, if you're pretending, and uh, who knows that but you and God. It's time for us to be real. So look at it. He says, woe unto you, verse 25, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, clean first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, 
For ye are like unto whitened sepulchres, or white graves, which appear, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous. You see that? You also appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So the Lord stresses that, stresses this again, <laughs> again to us, having just a religious facade or exterior is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. He wants the truth of the matter. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? So no matter how well-intentioned our worship is, if it has not spirit, if it have not the breath of God in it, it is dead, it is false, and the Father doesn't receive it. Where is your heart in the midst of all of this stuff? You're going to have to employ the, the resources of the Holy Spirit in order for you to grow into your full sonship. It is the Holy Spirit that causes us to grow. It is he that causes us to mature. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it in this, new, next, this move of God that we're currently in right now in these last days. You're not going to make it still operating in the flesh, uh, thinking, well, you know, I want to do this to please other people. Or, you know, here's one sign of really a, of an insecure heart. And I am really guilty of this in the past, really guilty of this. I would really minister uh, a message and and I would almost instantly, how, how, how did I do? How, how did I do? Almost instantly. Well, that was an insecure heart, an insecure heart. We're going to have to be confident in what God has given us, and we stand on what he's given us. Hallelujah. Regardless of likes or, or thumbs up or subscribes or, or whatever comes our way, it doesn't really matter. You have to be secure in that you have done what God told you to do. Glory to God. It's always good to have positive feedback, but you're not doing it for positive feedback or for positive encouragement. At the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, you're going to have to know that you've done what God said. Amen. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up today. Now, let me show you an example once again of the dangers of being led by flesh and not by spirit. And you can be entangled into thinking that you're really doing right, but it's really not. Let's look at the book of Galatians, Galatians, the third chapter, as the Lord deals with the people there in Galatia. Listen to, listen to these three verses here as, as, we, as we wrap up today. Galatians 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth crucified among you. Listen to this question in verse number two. This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Because you did the right things. Or did you receive the Holy Spirit because you believed and you confessed? You received them in your heart. Let's see, verse 3. He says, are you so foolish, 
having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? You see, there are those who started with Christ. They, they made a good faith confession in Jesus. They believed in him. And they said amen at the altar, whether the altar was there in church or at home. They believed, we believe the Lord for our salvation. We say, yes, Lord, change me, mold me. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And at that point, you believed in him to change you. You believed in him to mold you and to make you. But as we left that altar experience, we, we left that, we continued to go throughout life, and then some kind of way, we began to think, now it's all up to me. Now it's all up to me. I've got to do this. I've got to keep these set of rules, these set of laws, and it's up to me now to perfect myself by doing A, B, C, D, so forth and so on. I have to do this. Paul said, you're foolish. You're foolish. How did you receive the spirit? How, how were you born of God? Was it by keeping a list or was it because you simply believed in Jesus and the spirit did the work? It's the same way now. You're going to have to believe your way into the kingdom of God. You're going to have to pursue the spirit. You're going to have to pursue that relationship with him. Now, faith without works is dead. Hallelujah. I don't, want you, I don't want you to get the impression of, well, Holy Spirit, you're going to do everything, and I'll, you, know, you just give me the desire to pray, you give me the desire to study, and I'll just sit over here, and I'll do this and that, and I'll, be, I'll just be waiting on you. I'll be, I'll be here just to be led by you. So whenever you're ready to go, I'm ready. No, no, no. The Bible says it very plain. Uh, also, let's look at James, the fourth chapter. James, the fourth chapter, and I want to show you this. The Bible makes it very plain what we should do, what our, uh, what our works are. Faith without works is dead. You're believing God for a total transformation, for a total change. That's your faith. Now, there has to be some works along with that. All right? But now, let, let me just say this before we get there. We have to surrender our wills, surrender ourselves to the Spirit of God. That means you're going to have to have a conversation with Him. You're going to have to tell Him, Lord, I know that this is not right, that this is wrong, but I still have a desire to do this. Can you help me? Can you mortify this desire to me? Can you take this away from me? Because I want to serve you with all I have. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ha happen as you're led by the Spirit when you're having these conversations with him, these intimate confession times with him. As you confess your sin before him, the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, but that's not going to happen without a conversation. Hallelujah. Without a conversation. We're going to have to make the Lord a priority in our lives. You schedule important things in your life, don't you? You schedule doctor's appointments. You schedule meetings with friends. You schedule dinner dates. Uh, you schedule the things that are important. You schedule it. You make time for it. You make it a priority. So all I'm saying to you is don't, don't just sit by and say, Lord, all right, I'm here anytime you want to pray. Just, you know, I want to be led by you. And, you know, you just put it on me and I'll do it. No, you're going to make God a priority. One way is that you're going to set, set a time that you meet with him daily. Just set a time that you meet with him daily. I'm not saying you're going to meet for an hour or two hours, but set a time and, and just say, Lord, here I am. I'm here to worship you. And you begin the conversation. 
You begin the conversation. And you will see uh, that as you do that, the spirit enters within you. He enters within you and he helps you in your time of need there. So God is not going to force himself on you and he's not going to force you to pursue him. He's not going to do it. It's not going to happen. But as we make ourselves available, we're going to see uh, that great things begin to happen. Now let's go to James, the fourth chapter, James four, verse seven through 10. As we close out today, the Bible says, humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Look at verse eight. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Do you see that? Come close. Let's matter of fact, let's read that together. Come close to God and God will come close to you. All right. Now, God has already taken the first step by giving you Jesus Christ, by giving his only begotten son to die a horrible death for you and to shed his blood and to be raised the third day. He's already done. He's already taken the first step. Glory, glory. Now you have to come close to him. Come close, come close. And that involves your heart. And it involves a, an honest conversation with him. So it says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Uh, purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Now, again, he's not talking to those ungodly that's in the world. He's talk, that's in the world. He's talking to those that are in the church. He's saying your loyalty is divided. Who, who do you want here? Who do you want here? Look at verse nine. Let there be tears for what you have done. That is true repentance. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom, uh, instead of, and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. So, again, we're going to have to set those times with the Lord and humble ourselves humble ourselves, repent of our sins, repent of them, and turn our hearts toward him. Now also consider, same chapter, James 4, consider verses 4 and 5. Listen to this, it says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures uh, have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that he, rather, let me start with it again. They say that God is passionate that the spirit, notice that's a lowercase s, that this, so that denotes a human spirit, our spirit. They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. You see that? God longs for fellowship with you. I mean, he longs for fellowship with you. He proved that. He demonstrated that by giving his son for you. He longs for that fellowship time. Don't keep him waiting. Consider also in Matthew 10, verse 30, Matthew 10, 30, where the Bible says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. He is extremely interested in you. Consider also Romans 5, verse number 8. It says, But God committed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So 
the father is bestowing his love upon you in great measure. And if we would take the time, I know you're a busy person, but again, please don't make the excuse that, oh, Lord God, I'm just so busy. I can't have time with you because I've got to do this. I've got to go here. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Because all you're saying is that all these things are more important than your relationship with God. And that also tells me that your life is hard. Your life is spiritless. There's no breath because what you're saying is that your life is fleshly. You're walking by your own understanding. Anytime you make the world a priority, anytime you say, I'm making my children, my children are my world and I'm, they're my first priority. Again, that is a man's understanding. It may be well-intentioned, but if it has not the spirit, it only leads to death. Your great intentions, and I'm grateful, there's some very noble intentions, but if our noble intentions does not involve the spirit of God, if the spirit is not in view, then our family will not receive the benefit. They may receive the benefit of your flesh, of your ear, your heart, but listen, you don't hold the complete answer that they need. And you will find out in terrible situations, rough situations, you find yourself feeling powerless, powerless to help them, powerless to change the situation. Why? It is powerless. Why? Because there's no spirit. You have to spend that time with Father. You have to spend that time in his presence. Make God a priority in your life. Make him a priority in your life. Let me say this again. You have to spend that time with the spirit. Hallelujah. Now, again, don't get into place where you say, why well, didn't spend that time with God today and I just feel so terrible, so horrible. He doesn't like me. Again, well, that says that your relationship is still built right on you, that you think that his feelings towards you are based on you. No, it's not. Now, we can say, Father, hey, I didn't get back with you this morning. You know, maybe I stayed up too late or things happened and I was not able to do that. Thank you for, for loving me. And I ask you to empower me and to equip me to make the right choices the next time. I, I missed it this morning. But you know what? Let's have that time now. You are a priority to me. You are important to me. You are my life. You are my life. The father doesn't want you to have guilt and shame regarding the relationship. No, he doesn't want that. He wants you simply to be led of the spirit because there's life in the spirit and with the spirit. Well, I pray that today that you have uh, that you have enjoyed God's word and that you have received it within your heart because God has taken his body. He's taken the body of Christ to a new level now and his sons are rising. But the sons of God are those who are led by the spirit and not by the flesh. But you're going to have to draw near to the Lord, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. That is come close to God and he will come close to you. Develop that relationship with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Then as you do that, you'll be more effective at your job. You'll be more effective with the children. You'll be more effective every other place because your service to them, your ministry to them will be anointed. Glory to God, anointed by the Spirit. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for your son, your daughter that is right now watching and listening. Lord, I pray that you would impart your wisdom into their lives. 
And that great Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead them into all truth and that you would show them things to come. Lord, I pray that you would breathe afresh and anew on the inside of them. And Father, we do repent of our sins. We repent for not making you a priority, for putting everything else in front of you. We repent of our friendship with the world and we turn our heart towards you. And Lord, we thank you for forgiving us of our sin and for cleansing us and washing us. And Lord, we renew our fellowship with you anew and afresh. Lord, we love you so much. And we, we yield ourselves to your Holy Spirit. We ask you to have your way in us. Lead us again, Lord, in all truth. Show us things to come. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it is my prayer that you were richly encouraged today and blessed. Uh, don't forget to join me on my website, 24 hours a day, at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find this message and the entire series. Don't forget to communicate with us as well. You can go to the contact button on the website and leave us a little note, a little comment. That really encourages us, and I really appreciate it when you do. And now also, uh, don't forget Thursday night. Yeah, we're still in a series on Thursday night, in a series on Thursday night entitled Overcoming Our Fears. So make sure you check that out and be back here with me on Thursday. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We love you guys so very much, and we'll see you the next time.